When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. It sure is Purple Daily live from the Brew Hall at Allianz Field, home of your Minnesota United. They play football. We're here to talk football this afternoon. Rami Makloff, Judd Zulgad with you for the next hour. We'll catch up with Matthew Collar from Vikings Camp, and there is some news to discuss from Vikings Camp. He'll join us right around 3.35. Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up at 4 o'clock, but going to start off this hour with America's favorite Football radio segment. Hit the music, Declan. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Street! Red, red, red! Red falling! Blue poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 dragon smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 580! 397! Now I'm going to start off Purple Daily taking issue with our friend producer and uh, the, the sort of the leader of Why Hot Rods today back in the studio, Declan Goff, because he emailed the Hot Rods to me today, Yeah, as he did to you. Yes. I couldn't, fi- I couldn't find him in my email because he misspelled it. Oh, oh no. no. He spelled Hot Rods with an S. Oh, are you kidding me? Come oh, on. It's Hot Rods with, with a Z. Z. Is, that from, is that from the Rami School of Education? I did not know it was with the Z. He's, it's with a Z, man. He spelled it the American way instead of the football way. Exactly. Because here we talk football. Exactly. All right. And it's hot routes All with right. a Hold Z. Hold on a second. Hold on. got to go into my Declan file, and i got to put that into the file as another demerit. <sighs> oh, we're only a couple away from him being fired. Declan, what is the first question in today's hot routes? All right, peanut gallery. Um, with the... With most NFL training camps starting this week... Strike two. <laughs> is it too early... Too late or just the right time to start training camp? When should training camp start? I want to know. All right. I'm going to uh, give you as serious response as possible. And and I see this very, very clearly. I think they've got the timing of starting training camp just about right. But my rule, if I was the National Football League, would be you can't start training camp before August 1st. So I would never have this July thing now. These guys guys have camps all offseason. They stay in shape. It's not like guys show up, for the most part, fat and out of shape. So August 1st or later would be my start date. And then as part of, of a follow-up to the question that you're asking, I would also go, to, go down to two preseason games instead of four. But I would start 
August 1st or later. Let's take July out of the equation completely. See, you're looking at it from the, the standpoint of the players and the coaches and yep. what, what's best for them. Yep. I'm surprised by that, Judd, because I'm going to do what I would expect Judd Zolgad to do, yep. which is look at it from my perspective <laughs> and my perspective only. Selfish much? And what works for me. When do I need football, is... Judd? So my answer to the question is oh, it changes from year to year. Yeah. The worst the baseball season is going in my world, whether it's my Cubs or the team that I'm covering, now the Twins. Yeah. The sooner I need football. Like, if the if the Twins were in last place, I would, I would be all about training camp right now. I would need training camp right now, put it in my veins. Okay. Because if the Twins are in last place, really, what do we have to talk about or be interested in when it comes to baseball? But with the Twins being good... I could wait a few weeks before training camp started. I don't really need football to to, to grab my attention. So hold on a second. Are you year. saying arbitrarily, yes. depending on how good your baseball yes. team is, you would just move the dates around? Yes, that's exactly what I would do. Wow. Yeah. If there were points awarded for hot routes, you just lost. <laughs> I would just make it August first, a hard August first start time. I'm, I'm kind of with Judd too. You could, if you could eliminate some preseason games, I know they like the revenue of that, so that's kind of hard to do. But August first, everyone reports. None of this. Some guys on July 18th. Some guys on July 26th. Full team reports a few days later. Just August first. Everyone, the full team, ready to go. That's all. All right. All right. Next hot route. Hot route. Red seven. Red seven. Red seven. What? Red seven. I don't know what red seven means. Hot route. I don't. <laughs> what is hot route? Can you just go stand on the other side, please. All right. <laughs> I'm doing hot route, so I'm playing my own sound for that one. Sorry. That's a great one. Uh, no, that was fantastic. All right. The Patriots are moving second-year quarterback Danny Etling to wide receiver. They're trying to, I think, replicate what the Saints did with Taysom Hill. So give me a quarterback you'd like to see change positions. It can be a starter, a backup, or even a former quarterback. I want to know who would you'd like to see move positions from quarterback. Hmm. Judd, you got one? I actually do have I think mine one. is is probably the easiest answer to this question. Cam Newton. God. Yeah, that's that guy mine. Is just a freak of an athlete. You yep. can probably put him anywhere on the football field. You can line him up probably at tight end, wide receiver. He was he play defense. Yeah, he, exactly. I mean, he's built. He know. he was their goal line running back for two or three years there. Whatever they'd get inside the five, it was just snap it to Cam, and yep. he's going to run forward and carry a pile with him. You could literally put him almost anywhere on the field, and he's going to have a major impact. It'd be probably Cam Newton for me. Declan, you want to go next? Well, mine was. Cam Newton until Rami uh, rudely. Yeah, this, is, this is always well, the, it's hot the easiest thing. answer. Stole it. It's the easiest no, answer. Right. This is always the question, I didn't Declan. prepare, and then I'll just take <laughs> Rami's answer. Harrison no. does this to me all I've the time. I've done it. I've done it. I've I would like to see Steve McNair as an old fullback because fullbacks were still around back then, and you can move him to fullback, and he's a scrambler and can move around. He's a big body. Put Steve McNair as a goal line option. I, I'd love to see it. That's mine. I, I'm going with a Steve as well, and I'm going to go in the oh. Wayback Machine. And this guy started as a member of the USFL's Los Angeles Express and then went to Tampa Bay and actually struggled and eventually got traded to San Francisco and became a great quarterback. Oh. But Steve Young is a hybrid athlete. Yeah. Steve Young could have been a running back. Vikings fans, go back uh, and watch the Steve Young run at Candlestick Park against the Vikings. Steve Young's athletic ability across the board, I think, was off the charts. And, and actually, when he started playing uh, professional football and he was in Tampa Bay, he struggled. But Steve Young would be the type of guy who, if he didn't have the concussion problems, you could have gotten super creative with. And he could do a lot of different things. Declan, can I give a reverse answer to this? Of course. A player who plays another position who I'd yeah, like to see yeah. play quarterback? By all means. Did you guys see the video that came out of Brown's camp? 
Uh, I think it was, well, it had to be in the last week or so because that's when everybody was reporting to camp. Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. Oh. Takes, a, takes a running start yep. and launches a football with his foot on the goal line, and it lands in the other end zone. He threw it. Really? He threw it. No. Clear. Now it wasn't. It wasn't a quarterback motion. It wasn't. He he did like what an outfielder would do when setting up under a fly ball and getting ready to make sure. the throw into home. He took like three or four steps and just put his whole body into exactly into oh, nice. throwing the football and threw it cle- a clear one hundred yards all the way across the field. Wow. That's it impressive. Was amazing. Yeah, that's very right. impressive. And imagine him, you know, getting the snap, running around in the backfield. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's to himself. Do the old Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. <laughs> yes, Minneapolis native. All right, next hot round. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! All right, Mike Sando of The Athletic released his quarterback tiers earlier this week, and he pulled coaches and executives, 55 of them to be exact, and Kirk Cousins fell in tier number three as the number 16th quarterback. However, it's this quote from an executive that I love. He can throw the ball, and I think he's good. I question his makeup just a little bit. I'd probably leave him as a second tier, but he has the innate ability to get everybody pissed at him, which is just so spot on, I think, after year one's assessment in the Vikings uniform of Kirk Cousins. So give me a quarterback who has the innate ability to get everybody pissed at him. This guy's so good that, for the most part, people don't care, but Rami covered him for quite a while. Yep. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is... He's the anti-Favre. You know, Favre was the guy teammates loved, and he'd go hunting, and he would uh, chew tobacco and tell fart jokes, and everyone thought it was great. And Aaron is way more the corporate sort of snide remarks. If things don't go well, likes to blame people. Aaron's a great quarterback, and he's going to Canton. And and because of that, I think a lot of people don't care. But he has the ability to tick people off and rub people the wrong way almost every day. Did you hear Aaron Rodgers' comments from trading camp today? No. It might have been yesterday. I heard him today. He said two things that seemed like only slightly veiled shots at Mike McCarthy talking about their new head coach, Matt LaFleur. He said he was talking about, like, all the things that he does that he likes. He's in all the meetings was one of the things that Aaron Rodgers actually said about Matt LaFleur, like positives about this head coach that he's in all the meetings. Not going to the masseuse? And the other thing that he said was uh, one thing I can tell you is that uh, we're friends. Talking about him oh, and wow. Matt Lafleur, that's yeah, great. that was that's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that he is the king of the veiled shot, and o- yes. and only thinly veiled, so you know it's a shot without him <laughs> actually taking a shot. It's very calculated, the way that he does what he does. For me, and again, probably the easy stock answer. Although I think the perception of this guy is slightly off. Jay Cutler. Okay. I don't think I don't think Jay Cutler pisses his teammates off as much as the outside perception might be. All indications that I ever got from that locker room was that guys liked Jay Cutler and and had no problem with the way that he prepared for the game, always took practice seriously, always studied his film. He just went out on the field and made stupid decisions after he did that because he had an arm that made him think he could do things that he really probably couldn't do and probably nobody could do. But he definitely had the innate ability to piss fans off and rub Bears fans and the fans of any team that he played for the wrong way because of his body language. He has a very punchable face. He looked oh, miserable. Yeah. Yeah, even, he as look a, miserable. He, even as a Jay Cutler fan, I can't deny that he has a punchable face. He has a he has like yeah. a resting punchable face. That, that's sort of like shriveled all, up yeah. lemon. It's not even his fault. It's just the way that he looks. His fa- I mean, some people just have a face that I you want to punch. I have yeah, it. I totally I, have it. I wasn't going to say it, Declan, but you have 
a punchable face. Oh, you have a I really ever. punchable face. Do I ever. Uh, mine's Matt Ryan. And I know a lot of people now, I think, have poured and sour grapes on him after the whole Super Bowl collapse. But I feel like he did so much to get to that MVP season. And then once that Super Bowl thing happened, everyone now just kind of like hates him and writes him off as a choke artist, which, I mean, he technically was for blowing the lead. But I've always been a big defender of him. I've always liked the guy. And I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. So... For me, it's Matt Ryan. I don't know why he upsets people as much as he does. He's a good quarterback. All right, next hot route. Wait, 20! Why forget? All right, Baker Mayfield told reporters yesterday the biggest lesson he learned from college was, quote, don't run from the cops. What was the biggest lesson you learned in college or high school? Rami, did you go to college? I didn't even know. I did. Okay, you did. I'm a UW Parkside. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nobody knows where that is or what that is. Being a state's inside state school at Minnesota, I I do know UW Parkside, so that that helps. I do. How about that? Yeah. So what is the uh, biggest lesson you guys learned from college? Hmm, from college or from high school? Well, I guess pick pick which one you want to do. I, I in the, Baker in the, did college, oh, but those are very different. In the misspelled email, uh, you Naturally. said high, you said high school or or college in the misspelled email that you sent us. Right. So I, I had a col- I had a high school answer, which was this, and it was something that my mom told me my whole life growing up, and I thought it was just one of those things that your mom tells you, and is it really true? She would always say, "You are who you associate with." In other words, if, if you run with bad people you eventually will be perceived and probably are a bad person. And if you run with people who are trouble, you will get in trouble and probably deserve it. That's who you are. You are who you associate with. You are the people who you surround yourself with. And in my first year or two of high school, I was surrounding myself with people who were doing me no good by surrounding myself by them, doing things like getting chased by the cops. And I realized I did not want to do that, so I found new friends, Judd, friends who uh, were still getting wait, in wait, trouble, wait. but not that kind of trouble. Wait, I feel like yes. we need a story here. Okay, I'll give you a story. Um, walking with some friends yep. late at night, freshman year in high school, yep. and... Uh, I don't even I don't even know what what like sparked it off, but I was just with dudes who liked fights. Like they just liked to get into fights. You know what I mean? So whether it was their fault or they were starting it, or it wasn't their fault or somebody else was starting it, fights and trouble just found these dudes, right? So we're walking late at night, and uh, something we're walking past somebody's driveway. Somebody said something to one of my friends. All hell breaks loose. Uh, my buddy is carrying like a, I think it was a Snapple bottle, like a glass Snapple bottle. Oh, yeah. oh boy! Th- throws it at one of these guys, oh. misses, but it goes right through the windshield oh. in the in the driveway. So we all take off running. We spend our whole night running and hiding from cops. Oh, no. We get back to my house at the end of the night. My friend in the melee. I think he took a crowbar or a bat or something to the back of his head. He was bleeding profusely. Wow. My mom checked him out. We had to take him to the hospital. It was like a whole thing. And I, that was the night where I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore, guys. This wasn't a fun night. This wasn't what high school should be, guys. Okay, that's a great story. That's, 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 that's a really good story. Appreciate it. Um, I, I will uh, transition from Rami's high school point to a college point. All right. Two things about college life. And keep in mind, I only spent about a year and a few months at the University of Minnesota. Number one, if you want to go into journalism, journalism classes, at least the starting ones, are a waste of time. Unless you're in the, <laughs> unless you're in, unless you're in the field, no, te- no teacher can tell you you can't simulate journalism. This isn't like becoming a doctor where you actually have to practice on it. The best thing that you can do if you want to get into journalism is practice it in the real world. And my second thing is drinking builds character. <laughs> oh, wow. 
drinking builds character. I don't suggest abusing it and certainly don't get behind the wheel of a car. But overall, drinking just builds character. Right. I'll, I'll stick with the high school one because I think it's a better story because it, it does involve a story like Rami's did. So my brother was uh, a pretty terrible high school student. Keep in mind, I'm the youngest of four. So I they all set the table for what I can and can't do. And being the baby, you get away with murder uh, when you're the youngest. So my brother went to uh, truancy court twice for missing so many days of high school. I think it's junior and senior <laughs> year. Yeah. Truancy court? I didn't yeah. Know if you, if you miss, yeah, I, think it's a, I think it's a Minnesota thing. It? If you miss like certain amount of days of school, like let's, I don't know what the exact is, but let's say like over half of the classes you're supposed to be in every day, yeah. you actually have to go to court because what you're happens? supposed to be in high school. And they, I, I, th- I think he has to plead to a judge like why I was missing school and what I'm going to do to stick in school. It, it's, it's an actual thing. It's an actual thing. So, I never ditched high school, freshman, sophomore, or junior year of high, of high school. But senior yeah. year rolls around, yeah. and you know, that's the, one of the best years of your life. And I got the acceptance letter into St. Cloud State, the St. Cloud State University in January. Yep. And then I kind of stopped going to classes. I would go to my broadcast journalism class, I'd go to English class, and then I would just leave. So I would go to two classes a day, and, go home? and then would go to a buddy's house, or go get lunch, or go home, and... It was awesome. Well, then on the second to last day... No, this sounds like a really bad idea, Declan. The second... got to graduate awesome. to get into St. Cloud. The, the second to last day of high school... Yeah. My, my mom notices on, like, online, you can see the attendance report, and she sees, like, all this yellow of two-thirds of my second semester of missing. And she's like, have you been ditching class for, like, the better part of the last three months? And I just said yes. I admitted to it because yeah. I found with my brother, if you lie... You get in more deeper doo-doo. Yep. So I just told the truth, and she told me if I didn't at least have a C in math, and I had a D plus. So I had to get a like basically had to ace the final to get a C. And if I didn't, I couldn't bring my car to St. Cloud with me, and I then had to cram on like the second to last night of high school for this big final that I had not prepared for. I actually ended up getting a B on it, and it still was just enough to get me into the C range. So my lesson was from high school: if you get in trouble, just Tell the truth, and hopefully your mom is less, you know, severe on you. Don't you have to go to class to graduate, though? Couldn't they have just flunked you out, and then and then St. Cloud State's going to pull their yeah. acceptance? Yeah, like, I, that's, like, this is really stupid, Declan. Yeah, I'm aware, <laughs> Judd. I'm aware. Okay, here's what you did. At Benil, my senior year, you don't do homework. That's fine, and you blow stuff off, but you still show up in class because you got to butter up the teachers. Yeah, you got to show oh, up. And, oh. and if you butter up the teachers, you're fine. They'll pass you through. All right, st- but student to teacher relationship, I excelled in. That's how I was able to no. go from like D pluses to right. C's was because of that, that relationship. The only way to submarine yourself completely is to not show up at school at all, which is what you were doing. Right. Well, I got away with it, so it worked. It worked. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Just wanted I like to, that. Just, it's a question about lessons learned, and his takeaway is, I got away with it. Yep. It's fun. By yep. telling the truth to my mom after not showing up in class. <laughs> Correct. Hey, Mike, 36, call 57 to 43. Whoa, lady. Watch out. All right, last hot route. The uh, NFL Top 100 is being released, I think, each day uh, of this week, and Stefan Diggs came in at 73. Kirk Cousins was 78. Harrison Smith was 83. Uh, I think Adam Thielen's probably the last one to be named to this list unless I'm really missing someone. And I would like to know, what spot do you think Adam Thielen falls in into the top 100? Because I think it's through 50, or through 60 right now, so 50 to 60 is being released as we speak. Uh, I would hope it's about 59, because 
if I had to do this list, and I think this is generated by player voting, which is yes. absolute BS because yeah. <laughs> they like ask their buddies. Um, Stefan Diggs, I would put above Thielen, and since he's not, Thielen should be as close to Diggs as possible. So I'm going to say hopefully it's about 59 because if he separates from Diggs by quite a bit, these guys, and I'm not surprised by this, but they are completely missing the point. So I would I would say it should be at the highest 59 because there's no way that Diggs should be uh, 73 and then Thielen should be like, let's say, 35. Right. Brownie? Before I answer that, Stephon Diggs and Harrison Smith should be much higher. Am I wrong? I, I, I'm with you, Rami. I think so, too. Both of those guys. Kirk Cousins, Cousins is probably... Cousins, okay. Right. Whatever, it's Cousins. Cousins. Cousins should be lower, in my opinion, and Smith and Diggs higher, yes. That's yes. kind of crazy. And Thielen should not be separated from those two by this much. Right. I, I would say I would say Thielen is probably, I'm with Judd, probably in the 50 to 60 range. He, he could be, he could sneak into the top 50, but probably somewhere in that 50 to 60 range. I'm going to say that because it's player voting and it's fraud and it's and it's totally frauds. It's a bunch of frauds voting uh, for this system. I think Adam Thielen actually cracks the top 30 because of his success wow. story and and his big season last year. What was it? Eight straight games, the hundred yards or whatever the it was. Don't care about his story. I, I don't know. I think they might. I think he put them on notice. So I'm going to say top 30. I'm 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 going to. I agree that Diggs and Smith are way too low on this list, but I, I think Thielen is going to crack the top 30. 59 through 50 will be released tonight uh, at 7 o'clock on NFL Network. All right. That was Hot Routes with a Z, Declan. Z's. Hot Routes, Hot routes with a Z. Z. We'll hit a quick break. On the other side, there is news from Vikings Camp where Mike Zimmer spoke today already. Yes, actual legitimate news from Vikings Camp. And uh, we'll get that from Matthew Collier. You're listening to Purple Daily live from Allianz Field and on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. Purple Daily live on Score North, 1500, scorenorth.com, and the handy-dandy Score North mobile app, which in addition to being able to stream this fine station and this fine show where we talk Vikings every day live and earning points to get rewards for doing it live and downloading and subscribing to all your favorite podcasts, it's also your one-stop shop for all written content from scorenorth.com, including columns by our own Judd Zolgad. And Matthew Collar, who joins us now from Vikings Training Camp. Matthew, how are you this afternoon, sir? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm standing right next to a sled, and on this oh. sled, it's called the it's called the Big Bruiser, and has a number 79 on it. And uh, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to restrain myself from just hammering into the sled. Where is the football on a stick right now? As we talk to you, and oh. you're out in Egan. Okay, so I'm standing behind the goalpost, and it is far to my left. There's multiple fields here, as you guys know, and uh, I can see it. I've, I've got eyes on ball uh, on a stick right now. It's kind of under the, the the metal thing that they duck under to like work on their how they line up with their hand in the dirt. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it's sitting right now. What about Big Red Ball? Has is Big Red has Big Red Ball checked into training camp yet? So right now I can see blue ball, and there was a new addition to the team, orange ball. But I actually can't see red ball, so I'm wondering if red ball retired. I mean, I'm going to have to get some sources on this. May have been cut. Blue ball's got problems. May we know that. <laughs> blue ball. Blue ball's not off to a good start. I don't like his chances this season. I have no follow-up on that. So leave that right there. Oh, I am not above laughing at a cheap joke. Uh, Matthew, uh, Mike Zimmer spoke today. and uh, Oh, Airhorn. Oh, Airhorn showed up. Air We're, switching dr- 
We're switching drills. I didn't know. I didn't know Airhorn was going to make an appearance during your interview, Matthew Collar. That's that's a pleasant surprise. Uh, it turns out that there is more going on with Mike Hughes' knee than than what we saw last October, Matthew. Apparently. Yeah. No. Uh, so Mike Zimmer, as he often does, revealed more information than maybe he was supposed to. Uh, <laughs> that there, uh, it wasn't just a regular old ACL tear. And now, since Mike Zimmer is not a doctor exactly, I'm not going to try to get into the ins and outs of. Uh, exactly what happened beyond the ACL tear with Mike Hughes' knee, but I think we could pretty safely say that the recovery is going to take longer than it would for a normal ACL, and even if it was a normal ACL, you would still be talking about pushing getting him back around training camp considering that he got hurt uh, a few weeks into the season, and we saw Delvin Cook last year, if you guys recall, he uh, did not get into preseason games until I believe the beginning of the third preseason game, and he only took a couple of snaps, uh, and that was all the action in training camp he got coming off of an ACL injury. So considering that Mike Hughes is probably worse than what Delvin was dealing with last year, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Mike Hughes at all during training camp getting out there in drills and if it's going to be a couple of weeks until he's ready to go. Uh, so what what do you think depth-wise, Matthew Collar, for these, for these cornerbacks that means – and also, I found it very intriguing that Zim, when asked about uh, Holton Hill's now eight-game suspension today, said, disappointed is not the right word. And then, before he tried to walk it back, uh, basically threatened Holton Hill's roster spot. Uh, yeah, well, I think that that threat is uh, being validated out here today because uh, Holton Hill, from what I have seen, and uh, I'm looking at the field right now and don't see him in, uh, I don't believe he's taken a rep yet so far today so i wouldn't be surprised at all if we get an announcement via email that he's been released at some point here pretty soon unless uh they're just punishing him for today but that wouldn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense to me um that it would make a lot more sense if they were going to make him come out here and stand in the sun and then cut him after they sign somebody else because they've had other guys in for workouts orlando skandrick mo claiborne those are two veteran cornerbacks who are proven and you know this is something that you know the Vikings didn't do over the last couple of years that I kind of thought they should have which is bring in that veteran corner but I guess you know two years ago Terrence Newman was that guy but uh, they didn't have him last year for that depth and I, I kind of was surprised that they didn't bring in someone like Skandrick or Claiborne and, and now they've got an opportunity to do that and you know with Holton Hill, you're talking about a guy who already came in with two strikes, considering that he fell completely out of the draft because he failed the weed test at the combine. And it takes a lot to fall completely out of the draft. I mean, I always say draft the weed guy because usually they fall in the draft, not all the way out of the draft. And so they knew it was a risk when they got him. And I'm sure they told him when he got here, you don't get many opportunities when you already have these strikes on you. And so I wouldn't be shocked at all if they say, look, having to wait eight games for you it's just not worth it and you've already violated our trust so see ya but they've got to wait until maybe they find somebody else to cut him um i guess i guess we'll find out what exactly that's about but i wouldn't be shocked at all if he's not on the team tomorrow do they have in-house candidates to fill out that that cornerback depth if they don't bring in the veteran matthew well, yes and no. I mean, Chris Boyd is a seventh-round pick, so what do we have there? I mean, you really have no idea when someone's drafted in the seventh round. The other concern I would have about Chris Boyd is that he's close friends with Holton Hill, and so that kind of makes you think, uh, all right, so uh, is there going to be another problem there, or was there a reason that he was drafted all the way in the seventh round after 
uh, being a pretty good corner at Texas. And then a guy that I'm sort of intrigued with is Craig James, who was um, last year at camp. He was one of those tryout guys that made a really good impression. And then after there were injuries early in the season, they brought him back. And uh, eventually by the end of the year, he was on the active roster for a game. I don't believe he got into any games, but he was on the, uh, the active roster at least. So he's somebody that they liked, and I wasn't surprised that they brought back. But if you're talking about is that legitimate depth behind your starters, could you trust him to go in and play real games against Matt Ryan in, in week one? Um, I, I wouldn't. So I, I think the likelihood is now extremely high that they're going to sign one of these veterans. So we, we uh, have some breaking news, which is which was good news for the Vikings when it surprised us a couple days ago, and now might be bad news. And, and that's the fact that uh, Mike Daniels, Matthew Collar, who was cut the defensive tackle, who was cut a couple days ago at the beginning of training camp by Green Bay, and then actually went to Cleveland, and everyone thought he's going to sign with the Browns, which if you're the Vikings, you would have said, absolutely, that's fantastic. Schefter now reporting that Mike Daniels is finalizing a deal with the Lions. And so that would give them Daniels and Snacks in the middle of that line. And listen, I still think that the Lions are a likely dumpster fire, but having to face those two uh, twice a year in your division to me is not necessarily good news. Well, not only that, but interestingly, toward the end of the year last year, and no one was really paying attention because it's the Lions and who cares, they did have some really good defensive games with not a lot of talent, and they went out there this offseason and stacked up that roster, and this adds even more to it to have that game-changing three-technique defensive tackle to go along with one of the most dominant nose tackles in the league creates a pretty darn good middle of their defensive line. But they also signed Trey Flowers as a pass rusher, too. And Trey Flowers against the Patriots uh, gave the Vikings offensive line fifth last year. And, and then they go out and get Justin Coleman, too, who is a very talented uh, nickel cornerback. So, uh, you know, their defense is now pretty stacked up with talent. And if there's one thing I would buy into Matt Patricia being able to coach it's defense considering that he worked under Bill Belichick and they consistently had great defenses there and he was the one that kind of laid out the blueprint of how to stop Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams and and their offense and guess what the Vikings are trying to emulate in a lot of ways is that Los Angeles Rams type of offense with the play actions and rollouts and things like that so uh, you know this this definitely creates a pretty big challenge I mean I don't think that any Vikings fan ever says oh yeah we'll just roll over the Lions because you've seen too many weird things happen in games against the Lions you know going back to Blair Walsh shanking a, a kick, and then you have uh, Matt Stafford leading the game-winning drive. You have the Delvin Cook ACL game. So even uh, even recent history is the Lions giving some problems to the Vikings. And I, I think that they are not a team that you should necessarily write off, and, and this just adds to that. Matthew, I know it's very early in camp, still the first couple of days, but any signs of the effects of, of what maybe has changed on the offensive side of the football with – the, the the capital that they used on the offensive line, Gary Kubiak, Stefanski, all the changes on the offensive side of the football. Any signs of what is or will be different over there? I think where we'll start to see it is when the offensive line gets the pads on and really starts trying to block this Vikings defensive line. Um, because in, in the past, they've always tried to use that line of uh, iron sharpens iron, right? And it was really just the Vikings defensive line um, murdering the, uh, like, <laughs> yeah. like iron also kills people if you stab them with it. So, um, you, you know, I, I think that that's when uh, Sunday, I think it's Monday that they're doing it, um, officially putting the pads on. That's when, there's, there's your air horn for you. Oh, we're changing but, drills uh, again. 
Hello, Airhorn. But but that's that's seven on seven. You'll really start to see it now. I already though from the drills that they've been running and, and getting out there eleven on eleven a little bit, you can see what the plan is. It's going to be to roll out the quarterback a lot because the day one install stuff that we're seeing right now is all sorts of play action rollout, play action rollout, and that helps the offensive line a ton. I think is is when you get them all moving in one direction, you roll the other way. That makes it much more difficult for pass rushers to just line up and, as they say, fellas, pin the ears back and go oh, after the quarterback. And love it. I, yep, I know. And, and I thought a lot of opposing defenses last year were able to do that. All right, Matthew Collar, Rami, it's now time for a fun game of the Zim Can't Help It. All right? All right. I want to give you, and and this entire story is available right now at scorenorth.com is written by our guy Collar. But Matthew, I want to read you one quote of the Zim can't help it from today's press conference, all right? Talking about the change in the offense, right? And the offensive line. Just give an opportunity. Everything's fresh and new. The quote is this. I don't think it's to our best interest to sit there and shotgun and drop back 35 to 40 times for us or anybody else. I think some of the things we're doing will help them, meaning the line. The Zim can't help it. There was a chance to take a shot at Filippo collar today, and Mike jumped all over it. And here's the issue that I take with that, is it's just not super accurate. His issues with Filippo not running the ball. When you get down 22 to 6 in Chicago, what are you supposed to do as a play caller? Uh, when you run the ball and Delvin fumbles because Khalil Mack was being blocked by Kyle Rudolph, okay, you've got the beef a little bit with the, the play design. But I, I ran the numbers on this. I looked at how much the Vikings ran when the score was within one, when it was a, a close game and they weren't getting blown out. And they were in the bottom third of the league in terms of run-pass ratio, but it yep. wasn't anywhere near what it was like when they were losing by two scores. And then they're throwing on every single play because that's what you have to do. So I think that a lot of his impressions of um, what, what, what they were doing last year was based actually on a, a kind of a, a bogus stat a little bit or a stat that was maybe misleading. And, and I think Filippo made a lot of mistakes. We, we spent a ton of time talking and breaking down the mistakes that he made, not maximizing Delvin Cook's ability, so I totally agree. But I also think, you know what, man, I mean, maybe – Maybe you should just wait and see how things play out before you declare everything was John Filippo's fault. Mike went out of his way again today, though, now, to say something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, Matthew, but I love my conversations with Gary. I sit down with Gary. Why on earth they hired a young guy to, to be his OC now becomes even more of a mystery to me because this is a guy that loves to talk football with other older, surly football coaches. Like, it's just clear. Gary comes in his office, kicks up his feet. They probably smoke cigars, drink wine, and talk football. So why you thought that this young hotshot was going to come in and, and be a, a good match for Zim is beyond me more than ever now. You know, Judd, I, I, maybe it's just me picking up on these Zolgadian instincts for reporting, but as I was going through the Zimmer press conference back, I had the same exact thought, and I walked over to another reporter. I said, Gary, Gary, Gary. I mean, it is amazing. <laughs> Every interview, he's talking about how great Gary is. Man, when Gary talks about football, I just get warm inside. And I just, you know, Gary... Gary is going to change everyone's life and all this sort of thing. And, and look, I mean, Gary Kubiak is uh, a legend, and his offensive system has been copied and built upon and, and has worked in a lot of different places. In, in 2014, the most recent with uh, 
you know, uh, Joe Flacco and the Ravens. Flacco had his best year statistically with Gary Kubiak. It's proven that he's been able to raise the level of play. But, yeah, I mean, if I'm Kevin Stefanski and I am watching these press conferences or seeing the quotes and everything, and it's constantly about how wonderful it is to have Gary Kubiak there, and it's like, Kevin who? Then uh, I'm thinking, okay, what, what is, what's going on here? I mean, I basically don't have the job, it feels like, if you're Kevin Stefanski. And Kevin's been very guarded in press conferences, and Rick Spielman went way out of his way to say, oh, there's no egos up in that room. Like, oh, no egos in football? I mean, that's like saying, uh, yeah, they, this basketball team, they don't jump, right? I mean, like, egos <laughs> yes. in football? Are you kidding me? I mean, that's like what makes our job interesting is tracking everybody's ego problems. Matthew, one last one for you. It seems like every camp, every year, there's the story of the guy who transformed his body in the offseason. He either lost a bunch of weight or put on a bunch of muscle. Do we know who that guy is yet in Vikings camp? So nobody's written it yet, but I'm sure by the end of the day it will be about Brian O'Neill, the uh, right tackle who last year came in looking only slightly fatter than me. And uh, uh, it was like, oh, this man is a right tackle, huh? Uh, he was probably he's probably 275 or so when he got here. And from my eyeballs, I could say that he's probably put on uh, a pretty decent amount of weight. My guess would be that he's, he's going to tell us that he's put on 20 or 25 pounds of muscle, of course, because these guys don't ever say, oh, yeah, I put on a bunch of fat. So uh, I, I would guess that the best shape of his life slash – put on X number of pounds of muscle is going to go to one Brian O'Neill. Last thing, sir, has Dan Bailey attempted field goals yet? And if so, do you have a count on how he did and was Zimmer allowed to watch it? So they have been practicing a little bit of field goals, but I have not seen where they, you know, the hush goes over the crowd and so forth and everybody clears out. And as Matt Nagy would say, they give the Augusta atmosphere. That has not happened yet. Um, But I, I think when it happens, Zimmer will be rushed inside by like security. They're just come on, come on, Zimmer, come on, go, let's go inside. Let's, let's not look. Don't look directly at the kickers. It's like when there's an eclipse. Like you just, you know, they, they've got special kicker glasses uh, that he's not allowed to look at the kickers. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. But it, it is uh, interesting that they decided to not bring in any competition for Dan Bailey. He is the guy, and he can just come out here and do what exactly he needs to do with his kicking coach, helping friend Nate Kading, and uh, they're trying a different approach there because before it was always, oh, we, oh, we got to have competition. But then I think Blair didn't have competition one time he needed it. So they've just mismanaged this thing almost always, and we'll see if it works out. Kyle, we're going to let you go so you can go and track down exactly what happened with Big Red Ball and why he's not in camp. Yet. I need to, is it an injury? Was he cut? Is he po- possibly part of an upcoming trade so they're keeping him off the field? We need you to find out what's going on with Big Red Ball. All right, I'm going to talk to some sources. I'll get back to you. Thank you. That's See Matthew you, Collar, live from Vikings Thanks, training camp. Right. You can uh, read his work at scorenorth.com or on that Score North mobile app. Did he say there was an orange ball there? He said there was a blue ball and an orange ball, but no big red ball, which has been the really the gist of the entire ball conversation. That's the star of, of the, uh, the, the ball position. You think red ball's ha- um, holding out? You think red ball got he did low say, ball? He, oh, oh, damn it. Just go to a break. Then. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't want to talk after that. Yep. Thank you. you ready? Take yeah. that, comedian, huh? Go to the huh? break. Okay. comedian now? Yes. We'll go to break. Yeah. Score North Download. 
Declan Goff filling in for Jonathan Harrison. Mr. Mankato odds have been released. Check out scorenorth.com for this year's picks. Alexander Madison and Jake Browning have the best odds, but there's some other sleepers around. You don't have to go with the favorites. Our friend Chris Long of KSDP Television set the odds. Check them out right now. And yes, it's still Mr. Mankato, even though their training camp's in a fancy new facility in Egan now. The Vikings revealed the severity of Mike Hughes' injury from last season in his rookie year. Judd Zolgad has the latest on that at scorenorth.com and on the Score North mobile app. Now back to Purple Daily on Score North. Thank you, Declan. And uh, Purple Daily today, as well as Mackie and Judd with Rami, live from the Brew Hall at Allianz Field. And this place is apparently open every Friday, the, yes. brew, the brew Hall. Is it not, Judd? No game. Or no, I'm sorry, match today, but it, it is open. So, no yeah. match. There is a, a match tomorrow, right? Yes, yes. Okay. That's, so uh, come on down and uh, say hi and enjoy, uh, as you can see, Rami Makalov, a very large supply of taps. I think over 100 beers on those taps, or at least 100 different taps. Do I see Farm Girl there? Uh, I think I see Farm Girl where you there. Look at, yep. Yeah, yep. that is outstanding. He's got the yep. high sign that, That's, indeed, there is Farm Girl th- on the tap. That has my name written all over it. At 6 o'clock, of course, right? Um, so we get Royce on what time? 540, 540-ish. I think the beer run might be done at 538. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not your boss. All I have to say, I will read you. Well, Patrick, out. Patrick will talk a lot, right? And Phil can ask questions, and you can probably as well. No, get me a beer if, as if well. You can get, oh, you want a beer as well? I mean, we're here working right now, and Phil is not. He can take That's the a very good point. interview, right? Am I really essential to that? <laughs> Am I really? I mean, Patrick's going to get his quips off with Zolgad involved or not? <laughs> so, uh, Mackie and Judd with Robbie coming up at four o'clock. If you're listening to us live on uh, ScoreNorth.com fifteen hundred or the Score North mobile app, and the Vikings talk will carry right into Mackie and Judd with Robbie. We'll take it from Purple Daily. A little more Vikings talk as well as some Twins talk. That's all coming up. From four to six. Oh, and Carl Anthony Towns is saying what you want him to say if you're a Wolves fan, but how long will he be saying those things? That's all coming up. Oh, today. you had to go negative between then, huh? four Vikings and first day of six. camp, Twins big win in Chicago, and Carl Anthony Towns probably going to ask out in two years. We can't be all positive here, can we, Judd? You know uh, me. I'm a I'm, a, I'm as ardent a Minnesota sports fan as you can find. That doesn't move the needle, Judd. Uh, you mentioned first day of camp. You were also uh, you also made a, a stop out in Egan. Yes, and uh, heard what Mike Zimmer had to say after he held his uh, camp opening speech to his his team. Yeah. So he was. Um, this all this goes back to 2016. The Vikings were coming off the disappointing loss in 2015 on the Blair Walsh miss in the playoff game. And Mike was asked at the outset of that camp, I think, about his message to the team. But anyway, throughout the course of that press conference opening camp in Mankato at that time, Rami, Mike brought up the fact that he was going, that he clearly was going with a people don't believe in us tone, lack of respect tone, Mm -hmm. which back then made no sense because the 2015 Vikings had had a good season. Things were in pretty good shape, and we were all. But you know what? After Bill Belichick used that last year with the Patriots, and they won a Super Bowl. Yep. Anybody can use that. Oh, sure. Literally Mike, anybody can use that. And, everybody has license to use they don't respect us and Mike, as a motivating tool. And in 2016, Mike used it. They got off to a great start. They completely collapsed, and we were all like, that was a weird thing to glum onto at, at that time. Well, my prediction going into this camp was he's going to use that for sure because a year ago we were all talking Viking Super Bowl or bust nationally, basically, right? Right. You know, they got cousins now. They got this great defense, and it obviously came apart, fell apart, and was uh, was a disappointing year that ended with a regular season finale loss to Chicago. And so my prediction was for sure this year he was going to get up in Egan and sell the boys on people don't believe. 
He was asked about what the address was to the team, the entire team, for the first time last night. And he skirted the question at first, and then he was asked a follow-up. And uh, the question basically from Mark Craig of the Star Tribune was, do the players, do you think they pay attention to you as your you know, impassioned speech for 2019? And here's his quote. He said, they pay attention. They listen to what I'm saying. Part of that is being able to go out and do the things I'm asking them to do. Everybody says, okay, we want to win the division. We want to win the Super Bowl. I was trying to tell them what we have to do in order to do those things as opposed to just saying some generic goal. And then other things that I think that were important that we need to do in order to reach all these different goals. I actually like this a lot, and here's my theory. From the way Mike talked today, I wonder if he ta- if he also, in, in tapping into the experience of Gary Kubiak on offense and things, might have tapped into a guy who has had great success as a coach, right? Won a Super Bowl. Because I like this philosophy of basically saying we can talk about the division all we want. We can talk about the goals. But the most important thing is how do you get there? Right. You know, what are the – what are and, and I think that players today uh, in that age group, that's probably a really effective thing as opposed to get just going up there and saying we're not respected or rah, rah, let's go do this thing, let's win – to take them on the journey of the steps, it, it's, I don't know that it strikes me as something that Zim would have done a few years ago. And I wonder if he did try and get sort of the outline of, of this idea from a guy like Kubiak who's been there. Because it's a really good idea. Well, he did say during some of the mini camps and OTAs that he and Gary Kubiak sit and talk football for hours at the end of the day when practice is over. And it's not about X's and O's. It's not, what are you doing on the offensive side of the football? How many times do you plan on running the ball? We talk about this all the time, Judd, that coaching, especially in, in this day and age, as much as, if not more than it is, about the X's and O's and training proper technique and everything else that obviously goes into coaching, it's about managing egos, managing personalities, motivating a group of, in, in the case of football, 53 guys and plus a practice squad, whatever that number actually ends up coming out to, and as you like to put it, manipulation. And he, he said that he picks he likes to pick Gary Kubiak's brain in these hours-long conversation that he has about those types of intangibles because obviously Gary Kubiak has been there and done it as a Super Bowl-winning coach. The one specific that I can remember is he said that he talked with Gary Kubiak a lot about how to handle expectations because they've had the up year and the down year and the up year and the down year, and he wants to know how do you, how do you get guys to come into camp every year wanting it as bad as they wanted it last year. I think that that's, that's a great thing to have to lean on if you're Mike Zimmer, a Super Bowl-winning head coach on your staff who you can go to for questions, again, not just about what are you doing X's and O's wise on the offensive side of the football, but how do you get the most out of a group of guys as a head coach. That's an invaluable asset to me. Yeah, and I just like the fact, too, that clearly he sees this as as the start of this long journey, but that's a cliche. More importantly, the question becomes, how do you get from point A to point B to point C, right, to point D? Like, you have to, and, and I think with the age of players now and the age of kids now, you it helps you if you can guide them through it. As opposed to just say, because everybody's not going to be the same, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's not going to come in and be like, Super Bowl, I, I want to win it, and I know how to get there. A lot of guys don't have any clue, and that's not even their fault. So I sort of like this long play. This is going to take a long time, and from day to day to day, if you do these things, 
You might not win it, but you at least put yourself in the best position possible to know how that journey is supposed to go. I just worry about when we do talk about X's and O's and strategy and what they plan on doing on the offensive side of the football, are there too many cooks in the kitchen? That's the only pitfall you know what? Gary Kubiak If hiring. there are, we can't lose because it'll be interesting. <laughs> this is true. We'll win no matter what. This is true, and we'll be here talking about it on Purple Daily as we are Monday through Friday, 2 o'clock, tech, Talking Vikings with you, and that's followed every day at 4 o'clock. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.